Fearscape Media Network is your new home for everything weird and enlightening. Check out podcasts and YouTube shows covering content from discussions on horror films to the paranormal to meditation. Find out more at fearscapemedia.com. Hello, dear friends. I'm your headmister, Lord Stephen Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And together we are the misters of the... the, the, Let's try it again. The misters of the... the, Lance! The misters of the dark! Shut up! Whatever. Join us wherever you stream your favorite podcasts or go to mistersofthedark.com where we'll be discussing all things horror from films and books to everything in betweensies. We also have the occasional victim. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, guest. <laughs> Only on the Fearscape Mania Network. <laughs> Shut up, Lance. I always get the last laugh. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. gentlemen to another fantastic episode of the convergence enigma with josh and stefan i am your host stefan gearhart and i am joined as always by my friend my compatriot my never mentor josh rutledge how are you sir i am i am doing actually fantastic i was i was thinking about this the other day if you're a mentor and you work for mentos would that make you a mentos mentor and if you are also a minotaur, a minotaur, would that make you a Mentos mentor minotaur? My head's exploded. <laughs> do, 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 this is where I just pop a Mentos and yeah. I smile at you and you go, good answer. Right. Good answer. <laughs> also, I think I think we need to have a minotaur Mentos commercial at this point. So Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Um, so we've got a really cool episode tonight, Josh, one we've been waiting for for quite some time, uh, just due to scheduling, due to technical difficulties on my end and just different things like that. It has taken a while to get our guest here tonight, Mr. Ryan Sprague from Somewhere in the Skies podcast, as well as author of a book with the same name, Somewhere in the Skies. Um, we love Ryan Sprague and we have been so pumped like to get this man on our show and finally the uh the fates have dun, 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 converged <laughs> that's right there's been a convergence uh not a disturbance in the force a convergence, no, a convergence of the in the force <laughs> That's right. So we're super pumped about that. We're going to have a fantastic conversation with Ryan uh, talking about all the fun stuff that we normally do. Uh, But before that, uh, as usual, we got to get to the things that we always get to, which is our segments for the week. (laughs) And as usual, we're going to start with our normal segment. But before we get to that, Josh, just a reminder that you are listening here on the UnX Network 
This is the new mainstream. We are here on the X every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, or Daylight Time, whatever. I can't figure it out anymore. Now Congress is going to make me yeah. question it even more so. Ho- hopefully um, in, a, in a year and a half or less, it won't, it'll just be Eastern PM. Times. Yeah, Eastern yeah. Time. Uh, but we're here on the UnX Network. You can go to unxnetwork.com for more information on that. We're also on the Fearscape Media Network uh, as part of the uh, network there. Uh, you can go to fearscapemedia.com. And if you're interested in our archived episodes of the Convergence Enigma or Fearscape Paranormal Podcast, just go to theconvergenceenigma.com. And Josh, if people want to get a T-shirt, uh, especially some of the new cool ones that you've been putting out recently. Where can they go find a t-shirt to support us? Yeah, they can go to theconvergenceenigma.com slash store. Boom. That simple, and, folks. Uh, that's that simple. And there's some great there's some great uh, designs out there. And like you said, I'm constantly adding more out there. So yeah. Constantly, yeah. And I, I pop in there occasionally and add some in there as well, like my Mrs. Bielsa Butterworth t-shirt. <laughs> can't you can't not love that so yeah we're gonna have all kinds of fun stuff anyways josh like i said first segment of the week is psychic word of the week and now the psychic word of the week psychic word of the week comes from the encyclopedic psychic dictionary from june g bletzer phd rest in peace honey bear we love you but we never got a chance to meet you and that's still just sad and you haven't even shown up on the ouija board yet and that's you know i gotta say i'm a little extra disappointed in that one yeah i mean can you call people on the ouija board can you like reach out but it don't mean that they're coming yeah that's true true. because but you know i'm like as much as we have like talked about her we have yeah. had to reignited her spirit so gene uh june g gene june june bletzer if you're oh juju b got a new nickname for you baby girl uh juju b bletzer if you're out there come visit us on the ouija board or in an estes session or something like that i yeah. don't want to channel you because that's a little weird but um we could do some stuff anywho uh so as usual i flipped through the pages here this week josh uh, i landed on page and it's interesting because just recently we did 444 yeah. i landed on 333 um, <laughs> and the first word that i see is kia not the car and it actually has one of those um how do you put it exclamation point at the beginning of it so i'm not sure if that's no. a reference to the language um because it comes from the kung tribesmen uh kia uh so this 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 uh not episode but um definition says a trance-like state of emotional ecstasy wherein the shaman has enhanced awareness psychically sees over great distances and inside other people's bodies Shaman can connect to the gods and be used for a healing channel brought about by tribal singing, chanting, and dancing around a fire until the Kia fire boils up the spine. So I guess I have to read what Kia fire is for us to understand that. And luckily that is the next bit of info here. Uh, Kia fire. And this comes from, uh, again, the Kung in the Kalahari desert. It says Kia fire is an energy that the body can activate and use for healing illnesses, performing psychic feats and foreseeing properly, brought on by tribal dancing and singing, begins at the pit of the stomach and base of the spine, heats up to a boiling point by repetitious dancing, and then rises up the spine until thoughts are nothing in the head. Mm. Sounds a lot like chi, like the Chinese chi. Mm-hmm. Because you can, that kind of starts in your lower part. Yeah. And, and even like, I'm sure that there's a, a, like in the chakras and stuff, uh, you know, there's your root chakras where supposedly a lot of your energy is coming from. So it, there's probably like a variance of that across different spiritual belief systems. Yeah. And uh, Kung Healer is actually, I, I always star the ones that we've done. It's starred, which means mm-hmm. we've talked about it before. Um, just quickly says an accomplished psychic who cures disease by treating the patient's lifestyle attitudes and their resulting physical effects through the knowledge of NUM energy, the healing forces, the NUM energy at the base of his spine to boil up, yada, yada, yada. So 
Interesting. We're gonna have to do a deep dive maybe into Kung and see see with the, with an exclamation point at the front, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I know in Spanish they have the upside down exclamation point sometimes, right? Isn't that a thing? And like at the front. Yep. I don't know. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's our uh, word for the week, um, which we had uh, Kia Fire and just Kia. So uh, yeah. again, not the car. And and not Kia. It's not a. That's that's Chia. Yeah. Well, it's but yeah. I mean, good rhyming technique though. You gotta. I gotta give you that. That was some real Eminem stuff you did right there. It was on point. It was on point, dude. Speaking of which, side note: Have you seen the new thing that's big out there, which is to do Eminem style rap battles using Dr. Seuss books? Yep. Dog, dude. Google that. Google that. They literally use that ding, 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 like that classic Eminem. Yeah. Dude, they go, dude, and they're just like, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are going ham, dude. Like, it's fantastic. Like, to the point where I want to talk to my friend Victoria about adding that as an improv game uh to our yeah, improv really. shows even though it's not improv so much uh just the music part having to follow along with it is improvised but anyways that's what i got for that so let's go ahead and move to our uh final segment here which this week we haven't touched on this in quite a while which is the mandela effect did you say mandala no no i said mandela mandela the mandela effect the mandela effect All right, the Mandela effect, Josh. We know that the, we have been or the seeing, Mandela effect. Or nope, nope, nope. It's Mandela. <laughs> Mandela. It's the Mandela effect. Um, but yeah, you know, these are things that people, uh, a group of people, remember one way. Other people remember another way vividly. Um, uh, you know, the the biggest one is Nelson Mandela's death. A lot of people remember him dying in prison. He actually did not die in prison and that's where the whole thing came from uh but uh the two that i've got this week um the first one i think they're both pop culture um but they tend to usually almost always be pop culture or or government related or historical you know uh but this one is is about queen the band queen okay so uh I, i and i very much remember this as well um, but your uh, the Mandela effect is here to ruin your favorite song from Queen as well. Uh, we all think of Freddie Mercury belting out of the world at the end of We Are the Champions, uh, especially during Live Aid, but um, never happened. Yeah, it did. It never happened. Find me a clip. It didn't happen. I looked it up. It did not happen. But I sure the hell remember it happening. I hear it. I hear I can it in hear my it. head right now. I can now. hear it in my head too, Josh. I I'm just telling you, um, it 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 happened in the other dimension. See, that's what I'm saying. The Mayan calendar predicted it correctly. The world actually ended in 2012, and the entire consciousness of the world of the world <laughs> shifted to another dimension. And that's why we don't remember some of these things, because in this dimension, they didn't happen. But in the previous one we were in, they did. There you go. Boom. Solved. Boom. Dunzo. Um, But yeah, that one just, like, blew my freaking mind, dude. Like, I'm still just, like... I don't know. There, ha- If we try to be skeptics here and we try to figure this out, maybe there is some live version somewhere that you know that he did it or um i feel like in live aid like i feel like the the crowd did it yeah you know so or or maybe like uh somebody spoofed it and they did it in the spoof and everybody's remembering the spoof like maybe it was on family guy or the simpsons or something and they did it i don't know Oh yeah, that, I mean that's like the famous Judy 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 line that, uh, uh, for Cary Grant, in which he never said. But everyone, if you do a Cary Grant impression, you go Judy Judy Judy. Like it's a cla- It's been a, since the fifties, dude. He never said it. It's not even a line. Like he never said it. But every, it's the same thing. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty. Never was never said. <sighs> 
anyways. Uh, the I usually do too. The other one I got here happens to deal with the uh, space shuttle Challenger explosion. Okay. Um, now this I do recall, so uh, this is not a weird one to me. Um, it says, though the tragic accident took place on January 28th, 1986, there are many people, and I did ask around and people did say this, uh, who thought that this happened in either 1984 or 1985, not 1986. Uh, and I did, I talked to my brother about it. He's like, yeah, it happened in 1984. It was the same year as Ghostbusters came out, I remember. And I'm like, mm, no, because I was seven, and I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember watching it uh, at school. Like, we were all watching the launch, and then it just, yeah, it exploded. So. It's weird, because you would think that we would be the ones to forget because we were young. Yeah. Right? But it's not. It's the older ones that should have remember and they all got excuses they're all like no it's, uh, it's 1985 this happened and i remember it was, well, it, was it was a big year if you're a younger if you're a younger generation and you didn't live through it right mm -hmm. then maybe all you have to blame is the history books maybe somebody misprinted it in a history book um because that's stuff yeah or or some sort of you know uh yeah. documentary yeah, or, or teacher remembered it wrong or you know anything so, like that Could i don't know <laughs> it's interesting yeah it but, always it always gets me man every single time um i don't know i'm still just blown away um by of the world but i'm gonna throw in one more because we got a, an extra minute or two josh okay another one that uh is here is oscar meyer Everyone knows the jingle that my baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. However, spelling out your baloney's second name is under scrutiny. Josh, some people insist that the second lyric of the famous jingle is spelled with something else. So how would you spell it, Josh? Sing the song for me. My baloney has first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. Uh -uh. My baloney has a second name. It's M-E-Y-E-R. Eh. Wrong. M-A-Y-E-R. Mm -hmm. I wonder hey, if hold on wait a minute hold no. on. now I'm confused because this is this is spelled wrong too hold on I gotta look it up real quick <laughs> because this says mayor but it spells m-a-y-e-r is spelled with an e instead of an a but why would you spell it wrong then hold on how do I sing it uh, my baloney has a first name it's o-s-c-a-r my baloney has a second name it's m-a-y-e yep i sing it with m-a-m-a-y all right now i gotta look it up okay so we sing it differently okay so, so it, it is, is m-a-y-e-r wow okay i always so, thought i was wrong so i've got a i've got a theory for you here okay okay i'm i'm a southern kid right and i'm mm -hmm. even a country kid when it comes to that right so for a lot of southern draw people Mar. a's and e's <laughs> kind of sound similar so if you heard it on the radio or heard it on tv but you like weren't paying attention to the spelling you may have heard an e when they said a because of your yeah you know could inflection. be could be and i feel like my sister always says m-e-y-e-r um, and I love the internet because it says uh, in, in the questions, when did Oscar Meyer change to Oscar Meyer? And it's like got the two different spellings. It doesn't yeah. even say like, was it always spelled this way? It says, when did it change? <laughs> those those people are the people I love the most on the Mandela effects is when did this change? I mean, the, the founder of it is Oscar F. Meyer. Yeah. A-Y-E-R. So mm -hmm. it would make sense that it would it would have always been M-E-Y-E-R. Yeah. But anyways josh that's what we got for this week man and uh let's go ahead and get to our interview where we're going to be digging deeper with uh author and podcast host uh and my favorite influencer ryan sprague Welcome back. Thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, as we promised, we got Ryan here from Somewhere in the Skies podcast and book. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us here on the Convergence Enigma. My pleasure, guys. It's been a long time coming, and yes. I'm uh, I'm honored that I made it with the new name change, too. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love it. Now you're not an archived guy. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> got to stay fresh. You're right. Funky Fresh. That's Josh, man. I funky feel like, fresh. Josh, if that you had a rap name, it'd be Funky Fresh. 
Well, I was already Captain Crunch in high school. So you were. He was. Ca- <laughs> this is a true story. He was Captain <laughs> Crunch, and we were the Funky Bunch. Yeah. Um, did you guys that's, go to school together? We did. We did. Oh, we that's awesome. Since high school. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've been friends a long time. It's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Like a, like a work wife. Yeah, it is like it's like a long term work wife that I can't get rid of, and our wives can't get rid of each other us as well. I've got fellow UFO researchers. I feel the same way about guys for sure. <laughs> we nag like nobody's business. Um. Yeah, you gotta love it though. Uh. You know. Uh. My other podcast that I host, my my friend uh, Lance, uh, him and I are like two old ladies. I mean, we bicker, and even in the show, even in the show. But I love him more than life itself. But my God, do we argue over horror movies? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to argue about. Oh trust man, me. it's just weird. And in the even in real life. Uh, we are like an old married lesbian couple, and it's fantastic, and I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so speaking so, of which, UFOs, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, those. Yeah. Those things. <laughs> um, so I got to say, you know, um, I didn't know about the podcast when I stumbled across the book like two years ago, two and a half years ago, whatever. Yeah, agreed. We both actually discovered the book first. First. Oh, cool. Um, and then found there was a podcast to the same. And um, I, I, my favorite part of this, you know, the course is, is relevant for recent times you start the book with, you know, kind of talking about how you were interviewing some folks about the Phoenix Lights, which, of course, we just had the anniversary for the Phoenix right. Lights and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just think there was, you know, it's a good callback that that happened. You start the book that way. And here we are talking to you tonight, not too long after the anniversary. So, yeah, synchronicity at its best. Yeah, I love always. it. Yeah. Phoenix Lights will always have a very uh, close place in my heart, you know as a mass ufo sighting you can't ask for more i mean in terms of credibility so well yeah that's cool that's what we always say because i moved to phoenix about a year and a half ago josh is moving out here in june and uh you know that was one of the things that got me into ufos and things like that and to now be here and be in the midst of it and be with these folks at phoenix mufon and hearing their stories like we just had shane heard on talking about um the uh the 25th anniversary and his experience and and the people he knows and then just it's just fascinating to me it's like moving to phoenix is literally everything you want it to be when it it comes to (laughs) ufos i've seen more ufos since i've moved here than i have my entire life combined i can imagine hey man i live in new york city and you guys know like Mm -hmm. light pollution up the wazoo i don't see anything here like I'm lucky to see like stars even it's crazy but <laughs> yeah. like I would go to Phoenix every year for the International UFO Congress mm-hmm. and that was my like my getaway to go be with all the people all my people oh, UFO people yeah, right. so I, I I I might be not too far behind you guys in in moving out that way we'll I, see I love <laughs> it man I'm telling you I've been here a year and a half and I love it I, I have no plans on moving back I love the weather I love that just an hour and a half up it's like darker than dark and like you can see more stars than anywhere uh it's just absolutely just, fantastic just and then, then we got to, oh go ahead josh i was gonna say don't don't try to take a 26 foot u-haul truck uh on a, on a, dirt, road. <laughs> oh, on a dirt road in new mexico and in the middle of nowhere to look at the stars because you might go off into a ditch it you might happen stuck. It sounds like that might have happened. It might have happened. But yeah, no, I'm excited about the uh, MUFON Symposium this year in Boulder, or I mean in Denver. Um, we're going to be going to that and taking a little side trip up to Boulder as well. And, you know, that's hot UFO activity as well up there. So Absolutely. I'm super excited yeah. to see Mork from Mork, dude. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> some Mork and Mindy action. Like, I don't well, know. I, I just can't I, um, stop seeing stuff since I moved out west, man. Yeah, That's same. Awesome. I mean, I, I've gone out there to visit a couple of times, you know, and check on things and get things ready for the move. And like every time I'm out there, I have some sort of experience and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, and it's really funny because I'm I'm pretty dry here where I'm at now in Kentucky uh, since it's I've made like the decision. Humor. <laughs> I get it. It was funny. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> it, you know, but it's pretty dry here in Kentucky. <laughs> and um yeah, so I mean, it's like almost like the UFOs are like, no, we're not going to show you ourselves in Kentucky. We'll wait till you get out here to Arizona, and then we'll 
then we'll start showing you more stuff out here. Yeah, right. It's, it's just common all the time. But speaking of that, Ryan, I mean, for those that are not as familiar with you as we are, um, what got you into ufology and all of this stuff? Like, what what's your origin story? Yeah, yeah, my Peter Parker moment. Exactly. That's how I always. That's the first question I ask on my my show as well. And look, I mean, that's you know usually how it starts for most mm -hmm. people interested in UFOs. They either have a sighting or maybe they know someone who did or they saw a movie. Um, for me, it was having a sighting. I uh, I had a sighting in 1995. I was 12 years old. Uh, I was fishing off a dock in central New York. And um, this is off the St. Lawrence River up there. And it was turning dark. And uh, I started reeling my line in. And I this is what I would do, like on the weekends. I'd go with my parents up to the St. Lawrence River and go fishing. And I'd just listen to music, uh, Green mm -hmm. Day, specifically that night. I was listening to the Dookie yeah. album. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember specifically, it was this song, Basket Case, when okay. I saw what I saw. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know, right? Couldn't have planned it better. So yeah, I, um, I'm i reeling my line in. I see some lights in the water and I'm thinking, is something down there? So, you know, I get like on the dock, I'm looking down in and I naturally realize, oh, it's a reflection. So I flip <laughs> over on my back and I'm just staring up at three white lights in a perfect equilateral triangle wow. and it's just floating there above me it's got like that red hazy light in the middle kind of like yep. these triangular ufos that people report and um scared the crap out of me i, I well, didn't yeah. know what i was looking at i didn't know if it was like coming closer right. if it was what it was doing there it wasn't making any noise um i ripped my headphones off all i could hear at that point was like the water hitting the dock yet this massive thing was above me mm -hmm. completely silent and um that was it i i finally got a little squeal out uh to my dad who was in the <laughs> motel we were staying at at the time and he comes out and actually saw it with me so mm -hmm. i knew i wasn't crazy i knew i wasn't making anything up mm -hmm. and he's like i could see the checklist going off in his head of him trying to explain to me what it was yeah. and he could he he simply couldn't and um we just both watched as this triangular formation of lights floated over the water and then disappeared on the other side of the river wow. mm -hmm. and that's kind of it you know my dad tried to calm me down but i had <laughs> nightmares that night i had nightmares for months and years to follow and i just became obsessed with ufos i wanted to know what the hell the thing was i saw and yeah um to this day i still don't know what it was but uh it definitely sent me on this journey wow and you know it's funny i i um i recently had my own uh triangle ufo sighting uh back in september of last year um and it was the same it was three lights a red light in the middle it was dusk um no dusk is sunset right so it was dawn uh the other one it was in the morning about <laughs> 6 47 in the morning i was taking my kids to get a COVID test so they could go to school that day and uh it was just kind of slowly flying over some trees and i like i noted the time i checked like flight radar and all that kind of stuff and it, like there was no aircraft in the area nothing and, and oddly enough i've got a madar unit i don't know if you're familiar with what those are but yeah yeah, uh, yeah. it's by the nightcap folks and um it actually registered some stuff uh, on the madar unit at the time because i was only about a mile away from my house so it was like a little bit of a pudding moment if you will that's what stefan calls you know the proof is in the pudding but, um and so <laughs> yeah but i mean it's yeah i think it's funny that um i've noticed that when it, you know our my first big sighting was with Stefan in my backyard here in Kentucky um and since that sighting it it's changed me like I'm I'm not just interested in UFOs I'm interested in like helping the environment I'm interested in figuring out ways to come up with cleaner energy like it's it's fundamentally changed the things that I'm interested in and care about let alone setting me on this kind of spiritual journey that I've been on over the last two years so I just think it's really interesting how those things really change people. So absolutely, man. That's all my work has been for the past, gosh, decade maybe now is um, dealing with not dealing, 
uh, but coping along with others who have had similar experiences to yours and can explain it. And you're right, it does change people in many, many different ways. Mm -hmm. Some people, it doesn't. I mean, I've, at this point, I've interviewed hundreds upon hundreds of witnesses and claimed experiencers. And um, for some, it's like, yeah, I saw it, it was whatever, Um, move on with my life. For some, it changes them dramatically. Yeah. Like their paradigm is just shifted. So it is very interesting. And I'm glad you brought up that idea of the aftermath of a sighting, because that actually means more to me than the sighting itself, to be completely honest. Yeah, yep. we, were, we were talking to somebody else recently, and um, I think it might have been Shane. And he asked if somebody had actually done a study of witnesses. So not what the witness saw, but what was it? Was it something unique about the experiencer? Like, do all the experiencers fall within a certain age range? Do they all have a certain blood type? Do they all born in the same, you know, are they all the same zodiac sign? Are they right. all specific zodiac signs? You know, right. just, but what about contacts uh, or experiencers are, you know, kind of set them apart? And, and maybe that's, maybe that's so sort of an indication of if you're an experiencer that falls outside of whatever that, cluster group is if there is a cluster group you don't care about it because you aren't as greatly impacted by it because only people who are sagittarius leos and capricorns have <laughs> meaningful experiences and everybody else doesn't it's just it would be interesting to to take that data and do that deep dive absolutely uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah someone's got to get on that i'll hey <laughs> The three of us start. I'm telling you, man, let that get that nonprofit and that grant. Let's get going because that's my dream. Like, if we could put more science into this in in that type of research, I think that's what we need. You know, there's so much focus on just what sightings are there and the types of sightings that we're not looking at the sociological aspect. And that's something that Josh and I talk about quite a bit, as well as the convergence enigma, which is what else happened around the UFO flap? Were there Bigfoot sightings? Was there a haunting that took place like Enfield? We talk about Enfield haunting all the time. During the Enfield haunting, there was a huge UFO flap in the same area. And there were a number of Sasquatch sightings within the same summer. Like all of this happened around the same time in this area of England. Like, come on, like there Dude. has to be something. Yeah, something there. There seems to be some sort of uh, string theory going on right. with all of these things. Yeah. I mean, I just did a lot of research for a, a television show uh, about just that Bigfoot and UFO connections. And I found there are literally cases uh, within the Project Blue Book files of um, Bigfoot being cited with UFOs. There was one specifically in, I believe it was Michigan, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where a group of people were on a beach off the shore and they saw um, they saw strange lights. And then when they went to investigate the lights, two of the guys went to investigate. They left their wives in the car. Uh, the wives saw some sort of creature <laughs> come out from the beat, like the woods of the beach. Mm get on top of their car, shake the car, and run into the woods. And then the lights followed that creature into the woods. So it's just like, what is going on here? What and I even found cases on? back in like the 1800s yeah. where like early settlers were talking to Native Americans about seeing UFOs with Bigfoot creatures coming out of them. And uh, it, it's crazy, it's crazy. Well, yep. you know, one of the one of the theories that, and uh, we talked a little bit about this with Kathleen Martin uh, a few months ago is um, one of the theories that I have is there's a, a lot of people talk about there being this kind of uh, green haze uh, that happens around UFO craft when they kind of enter our our, our space or our, our dimension so if you think about it as a it is potentially an interdimensional being, uh, craft uh, when it does whatever it does to enter our dimension it kind of uh, temporarily opens a window if you will where there's bleed through from other dimensions and our dimension. So then you get Sasquatch and you get spirits and you get poltergeists and all this kind of stuff. And then once the craft craft crafts leave, that window or door is closed and that bleed through uh, kind of dies off a little bit. And so if there are areas where they don't ever really close the door or if somebody's opened it, um, uh, not organically, you know, like that one that's up in Mojave or whatever stuff in that, uh, the 
I don't know what I'm thinking of here. The the portal that got opened about in the, the Jack Parsons. Yeah, the Jack yeah, yeah. Parsons yeah. You know, if something got opened and never really closed, and that's mm-hmm. how the bleed through is kind of coming through in our in our space. So, yeah, really interesting. Could be, you know, and I, yeah. I always wondered too if it was kind of like. Um, uh, you remember in Star Trek Enterprise when they every time they would come back they had to go into that room, you know, where they to would decontaminate. The decon thank you, decontamination. Like what if that is just decontaminating all of the organisms and things that it collected in the last dimension that it was in or things like that so that it didn't <laughs> right. mess up our environment. You know, that's all it simply is. It's just, it's just Lysol, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> it's swamp gas, I tell you. <laughs> that green swamp mist gas is the Lysol. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. The green yeah. mist. Oh, that, that <laughs> wicked green mist, man. Um, you um, got to love that stuff. So what I'm going to jump on real quick, jump around a little bit. Uh, what is, uh, if you're, if you're want to talk about what is kind of the, the strangest um, case you've ever uh, interviewed somebody for? If you had to pick oh, man. one. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple from the book that really shook me in many different ways. Um, I'll share I'll share this one because it's probably the most convoluted. Um, this happened to a woman named Patty in Michigan. And uh, this is back in, I wanna say, um, 05, 2000, 2005. Uh, in, she lived like right off of uh, Lake Michigan. And she was bringing her dogs out to walk one night and they wouldn't go off the porch. Like they just would not leave the porch and they'd never done this before. Uh, they were acting really hesitant, really kind of scared. So she thinks, she thought maybe like something was out there, like in, they were in a wooded area where they lived. She's like maybe a predator or something, um, just dogs wouldn't leave the porch. And she's like trying to drag right. them off and they're they're not doing anything except barking. And they're like barking <laughs> upwards. And she's like, what the hell is going on? So right. she goes off the porch and she looks up and boom, huge triangle, massive triangle mm-hmm. above her. And she's just like standing there in awe at this thing. And she starts to yell for her daughter to come outside. Like, be like, I'm not crazy. Please come see this. Please come see this. You know, daughters, whatever, inside watching TV. She comes out. She's like, what, mom, what? And she looks up and she's like, do you see that? And the daughter's like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. So they're both staring at this triangle above the house. And the mom, this is what really kind of set this case like spiraling for me. The mom is looking up at the thing and she says to the daughter, um, do you feel that? Like, it's euphoric. It, whatever this thing is, it's making me feel like just amazing. It's so beautiful. It's like stark white and angelic. It's incredible. Like, do you, do you see that? Do you feel that? And she looks over at her daughter. The daughter is on the ground in the fetal position, covering her ears, saying how unbearably loud the craft was. Mind you, Patty, the mom, she said it was silent. She couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Yet her daughter is on the ground screaming, it's so loud, it's so loud. And then the daughter described it as a black craft. So I don't know what the hell is going on here. The mom was seeing (laughs) a white triangle and just felt euphoric and in awe. The daughter is absolutely petrified at this black craft above them and saying how unbearably loud it is. So they're having like different perceptions Yeah. Of the same thing. And, you know, you could make arguments for that. Maybe someone younger hears things at a different frequency. I don't know. But yeah. just the fact that they had completely different experiences looking at the same thing. Um, but what was even more interesting is after that initial sighting, you know, the triangle eventually like zipped off and took off and they couldn't see it anymore. They started having poltergeist activity in their home things flying off the shelves you know very like just like the movie man like chairs dragging across the floor um weird electrical stuff going on like to the point where they called an electrician to come out to the home because it was happening so frequently so the electrician comes and he's working on stuff outside the home like trying to figure out what's going on and what happens the electrician has a ufo sighting over the house (laughs) 
Yes. He freaks out. He goes, he bangs on the door. He says, I'm out of here. I don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on. I'll send somebody else. Good luck with this. And he leaves. And these things just kept happening. And like the, another daughter in the home said she started seeing shadow people coming into her room at night and like going from room to room and just checking things out, scoping things out. And whatever was going on, like, like you guys said, it opened something up and everything just came in and well, it all started with that triangle. So crazy case, crazy. Well, case. you know, that, yeah. that's another, that's another kind of theory that I've, that I've had for a while is that um, poltergeist activity is just entities in like invisible spacesuits. They're like in cloaking spacesuits, right? So like you have a sighting and then they zip away, but they deposit some like a, a research team that just kind of hangs out in your house and opens your cabinet doors and, and, right. Uh, you know, Sociological, they could be seeing how you react. Right. Yeah. That's what right. the daughter said. They were scoping, like the shadow person was scoping things out. And maybe that was the one time they're like, oh, they kind of saw us. Yep. Like, yeah. uh, we got to be more careful. Right. I, I don't know. I, I've always said, one of my theories always was, was that how many people do you know that have had one singular paranormal experience? Like none. It's like rare. it's almost yeah. like if you have a true experience, it's. It, it, I used to think that it unlocked something in your mind. Um, <clears throat> we used to joke that it was like getting a Jeep and all of a sudden you see Jeeps everywhere, but more like <laughs> right. it unlocks a piece of your brain that couldn't see those things before. Or you were, I don't know, uh, evolved correctly to already kind of unlock that. But now I'm like, it's just like I said, the door was open, so you're already a part of it. So guess what? You're a part of it now. Welcome. Yeah. 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 It, yeah thanks and for you know, buying it's... your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Unwillingly. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Good, in your... good thing you fell asleep. Yeah. You, 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 you clicked, you clicked on that EULA, you know, that you didn't realize you, uh, you, clicked on, so. you bought it, you break it, you buy it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and I guess for Patty, it was a matter and for the daughters, it was a matter of what do you do with that? Like, do you yeah. embrace it? Do you deny it? Uh, the daughters flat out like denied it and it got bad. I'm not going to lie. Like we can laugh about some of the weirder aspects of it, but like this, this stuff tore the family apart. Yeah. Like the daughters didn't talk to the mom for a long time. She kept wanting to have experiences while they were like, right. we're done. We don't want this. It, we, you know, and they were religious. So like, the mom thought what was going on was sort of angelic. The daughters thought it was demonic. Right. So like Ugh. you got so much baggage that goes into these experiences and what you decide to do with them. And um, it's hard. I mean, I'm still working with Patty up until yeah. like today about these continued experiences for her. So it's tough, it, it's tough. Um, and I just wish her the best with all of it. I honestly do. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, it's like, uh, I said a while back, I think on one of the episodes, that we need to stop referring to ourselves as UFO hunters or monster hunters or ghost hunters because we're not. We're not hunting these creatures to capture them and kill them and eat them or whatever it may be. We need to use the terms researchers because it, it, it's, it, you know, when someone's got a bad poltergeist in their house or a haunting and, and they're calling a ghost hunter, they're thinking that these guys are going to come in and fix the situation. Now, Ghostbusters helped that, you know, Ghostbusters. Um, nice. But um, they kind of helped perpetuate that. But yeah, that's what they think. But no, a ghost hunting team's going to come in there. They're going to go, yes or no, bye. And then just leave you unless they're a little more experienced and they maybe have a priest or whatever it may be or a medium, depending what they're into, unless they're strictly scientific. Um, we need to move towards that because that's that's what happened. Here's your case, and it's just it, what what can those folks do? And we get people that come to us and say, "Hey, I've you know I've got a uh, you know a family member that had this happen to them, and this happened to them, and I just don't know what to do." And we're a lot of times we're like, "We don't yeah. either." <clears throat> all, I mean, that... all I can say is that yeah, I think I believe you, right? And, and granted, that helps. Don't get me wrong, that helps. But I mean, it's, you know, the go ahead, Brian. Sorry, Jack. I was just going to mention sometimes that's all they want. Yeah. Like it's same for me, man. Like I, I can say as long I've been studying UFOs since I was 13. 
I mean, that, you know, 12 years old, I had my sighting. 13 was when I performed my first interview with a UFO witness. And like, it was off to the races from there. Um, But never once in all of my investigations or research have I ever told someone what happened to them. Because I don't know. I I can take down your story. I can try to find prosaic explanations. But a lot of the time, I'm not equipped to do that. Someone like Shane Hurd might be. You know, someone who has trained and can tell you, uh, you saw a planet, you saw a satellite. Um, That's not me. I'm I'm not a MUFON field investigator. And I'm not out to like debunk things. I'm there to hear your story, to preserve it, and to just listen. Because like you guys said, I'm not going to be able to solve this mystery for you. It's how you decide to answer those questions. process and deal with it. Yeah, it's a process and it's individual. It's very, very personal. And there's so much that goes with that. Your belief system before it, your belief system after it. I don't know, but um, I'll be there to listen. And that's why I'm so thankful we're closer and closer to disclosure because it's less a crazy topic now and more of a, hey, I may actually have a resource for you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's not just the... uh, contactee group that meets in the bottom of a library basement anymore you know now we've got real people that are doing real research and there are real uh even my my past therapist she was very open to the idea of alien abduction or ufo sightings and things like that and with my own personal experience that made me far more comfortable to actually talk about it um to someone who wasn't just looking at me scientifically but as someone who thought well this could have happened because that changes the counseling right Mm -hmm. and i I love that it's becoming more acceptable because it's it's making people feel more comfortable to come out of the woodworks and find the help that they need but yeah, it's but also going to bring out the wackos too that are going to yeah. be like, I'm John oh, yeah. UFO hunter. Check out this ray gun that I got. I can take down a UFO <laughs> or, 30 feet. That'll always right. be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's or, no or denying the, that. Uh, or the constant number of people that come out and say, Well, I'm an alien living on this planet. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and honestly, I can't say that you're not. Right. So, can't say you know that's what I mean? true. And we'll all shit our pants when we find out they were. <laughs> you know, I. I I've been approached, you know, mostly at UFO conferences. I've been like stuck on an elevator with someone and they'll be like, you were on the ship with me. I yes. remember you were yes. on the ship with me. You're, you're part of the Federation. I know you're 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 a reptilian, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Like we can whatever laugh about it or, um, you know, say these people are lying or fantasy prone. But at the end of the day, like. Maybe they're right. What if they yep. were right? Yeah, I, I can't. Yep. I can't say yeah. that they're wrong. I just cannot because yep. this topic of UFOs is so elusive, so mysterious that I don't think we're ever gonna fully know the answer. I mean, at one point the sun don't. revolved around the Earth and it was flat. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, we might find some pieces to the puzzle. That granted, I think we're getting closer. Yeah, okay. But I think that 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 puzzle is still flipped over. Like we can't even see the picture yet. We're getting the pieces in place, but I well, don't think we're closer to flipping it over and seeing what the full image is. I we're, don't. A sim- we're, we're putting together a puzzle without a picture of the box. <laughs> oh man, that's there how we go. That is puzzlers the, do it. That is the analogy. I love it, man. Yeah. That, um, that's that old and I'm okay urban with legend it. too, where they're like, she puts it together and there's a guy breaking through the window. Remember that uh, urban legend? <laughs> yes, please don't remind me. I'm home alone right now. Don't do that. <laughs> so so what you're saying is we're going to put it together and it's actually an alien invasion. So yes, it's going to be a Trojan horse of sorts yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to look like the Enterprise and it's going to really mess us up. Yeah, <laughs> get that green mist ready, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, that smells like disinfectant. <laughs> we all know what that smells like now. Thank you. Uh, we're very familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah at this point, I, I feel like somebody needs to come up with the uh, the green mist cologne or something. You know, just, green mist. No, ooh. that's just what's going to happen. The aliens are going to land wherever they're going to land, and the first thing that's going to happen is some lady's going to be like, "Can you put the sanitizer on your hand first before we shake?" <laughs> <laughs> You guys got to patent that. I, hey, I will say this. I had somebody, a listener of the podcast, actually reach out to me. He is a cologne maker, and he literally came out with a cologne called Abduction. 
And what he did is Ooh. he he like surveyed 50 claimed alien abductees. Oh, yeah, pretty close <laughs> when I actually smelled it. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> um, he surveyed like 50 claimed alien abductees and said, what did the craft smell like when you were on there? Mm. And the way they all described it, he like made this composite mixture of it and sent it to me. And I'll be honest, it smelled straight up like like pneumonia, to be completely honest. Yeah, but and you know what? If you wear that at, at the uh, UFO conference, you're going to trigger some people. Oh, my God. <laughs> it legit does smell like the inside of a spaceship. People are like, oh, oh, yeah. oh God. You're either going to attract a lot of people or detract yeah. a lot. Right. Yeah. I'm going so you were So you were on the ship with me, you reptilian man. You. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's just like, because he's got oh, his own man. pheromones. He's just shooting we talk about them like they're crazy, but boy, I would love to meet yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> like the real deal. Real Seriously. deal. I was recently asked um, if I could meet any of the uh, multitude of alien races. Like, I asked the question, if you if you had the opportunity to meet a true life extraterrestrial or interdimensional being, whatever the case may be, would you take that opportunity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could pass that up. Um, I, it would it would depend on, I think, the being, you know, I, I, I'm not into the whole grays like they they scare me. They're sort of mm-hmm. robotic, emotionless uh, purpose kind of scares me. Same with the reptilians. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. But like if they turned out to be just a nice simple love and so like light a, sort of thing so like the, the like Adamski <laughs> yeah the Adamski let's, let's go Venusian yeah yeah for sure I you know give me a seven foot tall Nordic um, blonde hair and tight spandex suit and I'm good I'm good <laughs> right and then it unzips and a gray steps out oh just, god two grays yeah just looks like Daryl Hannah One it's on just Daryl Hannah she's there in her splash outfit she's like i'm actually venusian i'd be like uh, I believe it i believe it's it. like when the when the rugrats or whatever used to climb on each other's shoulders and put a trench coat on to sneak yep. in the movie theater <laughs> or animated <laughs> <laughs> i was duped again that's uh, my that's my whole thing is is if if there really is a, uh, a galactic federation or just one single uh, entity group that's out there. I hope they have a sense of humor. I hope that humor is a thing that isn't strictly a human thing. Um, you know, they say dogs do laugh and smile. So that's a thing. So we know that it exists uh, and, and dolphins laugh and smile. So that it exists outside of humanity. So I hope it exists outside of, of Earth as well, because you got to have. I think I, I, it does. I, I hope it's more I, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy than Yes. <laughs> I, I'd have to agree with you, man. I think, you know, the, the phenomena is so tricksterish and so ridiculous mm-hmm. at times that, like, how could they not have a sense of humor? I, I honestly think how I and when I say they, I mean the multitude of right, explanations right. for all of this. But some of them have to because some of the stories I've heard, man, like, taking someone and putting them back in a different car yeah. or like putting their yeah. clothes on inside out. Uh, it's just like they they mess up sometimes. They honestly right. do. And if they uh, can't laugh at purpose. themselves, who can? Yeah, Because we do on it. Purpose. I mean, if, if we look at, let's say if they, they look at us like we look at our, to- at our dolls and our toys, we do weird stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, I can't tell you how many G.I. Joes are still buried in my backyard from when I was a kid. You know what I mean? It's like I get it. I get it. Yeah. Especially if you look at us as second class or secondary life forms, you know, like right. we, we do the same thing to mice and, and all sorts of stuff. So little do we know we are the punchline in the galactic we, joke. We are the galactic punchline. Yeah. Would it surprise me? Yeah. It would not surprise <laughs> me either. They're like, uh, every, all, every other like life inhabiting planet is far beyond where we are. We're the only ones that are still here, right? That's the galactic joke. So they all come to us to be like, why have they not moved on yet? <laughs> hey, they're, they're on. That is the real question. They yes. had it 10,000 years ago. <laughs> what, right. what happened? What, what happened? happened? <laughs> Television. That's what Television happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> the internet. TikTok. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, it's like it moves us forward, but holds us back. 
It does. Um, yeah, so I, I want to say, is there anything that you haven't had a chance to investigate that you would like to investigate? Oh, wow. Um, I've had some amazing opportunities for sure. I mean, I, you know, for the two editions of my book, I had the opportunity to travel all over the United States mostly. Um, I think I hit up almost 48 states, I want to say, in, in doing the research for the book. And um, since then, you know, I've had some other amazing opportunities with television projects and whatnot yeah. of with, which have resources that I as a uh, independent researcher just don't have. So oh, yeah. we watch you know, with the green mist of envy. <laughs> well, hey, man. Hey, look, if someone's going to like put me on TV and pay for me to like go to Area 51, I'm going to do it. And I'm uh, going to obviously them. you're fake if you want to make some money off of this. But yeah, I know. Yeah. Don't get me started. On I that. know. I know. Okay. But same, um, same. So I can I can thank a lot of these television networks or whatever for um, making some of my dreams come true. I got to go I to can. the Roswell crash site. I got to go to the gates of Area 51. Um, I went to another famous site of a mass UFO sighting that has yet to air on television, so I can't talk about it yet. But, um, <laughs> but the one I really want to go to is um, Rendlesham Forest in oh, England. Yes. Yeah. 1980 Rendlesham Forest incident. That one is just so near and dear to my heart. It's Same. one of the first UFO cases I came across. So if I could have the opportunity to go out into that forest and just like stand there where all that stuff happened, that would be it for me. I think that yes. would be the one. We love that. That was our season premiere this uh, in January was Rendlesham and we took a nice. huge deep dive. We were both already huge fans of it and things like that, but I, I couldn't agree more. That is absolutely a, a bucket list place to go. Yeah, well, and I, and I love that, you know, uh, back in the 50s, there was uh, another big sighting that happened pretty much in the same spot with the, you know, the bit, uh, was it Bentwaters? Yes. Uh, back in 56, where they chased this thing that totally evaded them and then just kind of shot off and disappeared into nowhere. So there's obviously something about that location that is interesting to whatever they are so it's funny yeah, everybody it's like calls the it skinwalker ranch of uh, yeah. england <laughs> everybody has Sorry. names i was gonna say you got skinwalker ranch of england or the roswell of england and i actually kind of look at it it reminds me a lot of the montauk of england like oh, it really yes, digs yes, yes. it reminds me very similar with the lighthouse and just everything like that but very very interesting um well ryan we're running out of time so i wanted to make sure and give you an opportunity to plug everything that you got going on um and which we will also be tagging every bit of that in all of our summaries and things like that but this is your opportunity to you know let the folks that don't know where to find you where to find you well thanks man i appreciate yeah, that absolutely. thank you for having me guys um well i i do a weekly podcast every week called somewhere in the skies um every monday you can find it wherever you get your show um, I also have a YouTube channel where I do exclusive content. Just type in Ryan Sprague on YouTube. It should pop up. Um, there's a football player, if I'm not mistaken, with the name Ryan Sprague as well. Yeah. So uh, just type in Ryan Sprague UFO. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know. And um, other than that, uh, yeah, I've got um, I'm on Ancient Aliens right now as well. So yes. you can tune into our new season of that uh, they've been doing a lot it's not even ancient anymore it's just I know. should just be called aliens i'm about <laughs> yeah. to see childress speak next weekend here in phoenix so i'm, I'm nice. super excited about that ah uh, he's awesome man yeah. and sukulos too he's a really good guy i know he gets a lot of flack and people think he's a little nuts but he it's it's all an act he's yeah. he's a normal dude grounded guy mm -hmm. um so yeah check me out on ancient aliens and then i have a new season of um Mysteries Decoded, another television show I do on the CW network, uh, hopefully premiering this spring. So not too far away. So yeah, yep. that's where you can find all my stuff and um, somewhere love in the skies.com. Yeah. Yeah. We love every bit of it, man. I'm a, I love Mysteries Decoded. <laughs> I love Thank me some you. CW, man. If you get to hang out with Superman and everybody, I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Flash, Supergirl. <laughs> We got yeah. you covered. Yeah. We got you covered. <laughs> um, but we are so thankful. Uh, Ryan, as always, you are welcome on the show anytime. I wish we had way more time because I, I have a million things I want to ask you. So <laughs> we would love I'd to have be, you back sometime. Maybe. I would be honored to come back on, guys. Time goes quick. I know. It does. It does. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. 
Ooh, all right. Thank you, uh, Ryan. Thank you so much for yeah. uh, just your gifts to the paranormal community, man. Check out all his stuff, dude. If you haven't listened to this uh, podcast yet, Ryan's podcast is absolutely fanta- fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Oh. It's Oscar Mayer. <laughs> fantastic. Flip, flip. Uh, absolutely fantastic, man. The book is just an absolute gem. Yeah, the book uh, is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, go check out all that stuff, man. Um, amazing stuff here. Um, but one thing we do want to um, tell you, speaking of shows, is that next week is April, and that starts Alien Abduction Month. April is Alien Abduction Month. All this month, we are going to be doing shows uh, on alien abductions. We're going to be talking about Betty and Barney Hill, Pascagoula, uh, that Brazilian abduction. We're going to be talking about some contactees from the 50s. It's going to be amazing. It's something we've been wanting to do for quite some time. And we already teased a little bit uh, by doing Travis Walton here recently, you know, to just get your appetite wet for it, you know. Nice and moist. (laughs) Nice and moist moist oh hey john in england (laughs) how do you say moist moist i'm gonna say he says it like this hold on i gotta get my manchester so he probably says moist moist that's how i'm gonna say john says it that sounded more like maybe irish or that's manchester dude He's, he's close to manchester man I don't remember where he said he's at. Sorry, John. Uh, But anyways, uh, moist is a fun word. Moist, 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 moist. Uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan here on the Unex uh, Network, as well as the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I just want to say, keep your eyes on the skies. And this has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, keep questioning. Keep seeking. Don't never give up. Never surrender! <laughs>